you take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. In reading in a few moments with verse 18. Do you remember when you were young and you fell in love with that special person and you just wanted to spend all your time in the presence of that person? Or maybe you're a little older and you've had children to grow up and go off to college and when they come home, you hope that you'll have a little bit of time to get to spend with them. You just want to be together. If you're even a little older, then you look forward to spending some time with those very special grandchildren and getting to be a part of their lives. There's, there's just something special about, you know, you wanting to be close to those that you love. God loves you, and He wants to be close to you. In fact, He wanted to be so close to you that He came into this world. And the passage of Scripture that we're going to read about this morning tells us about that. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, was His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This morning, I want us to think about that name, Emmanuel. God with us. We're going to be thinking about our ever-present Savior. And as we think about our ever-present Savior, I want us to keep in mind some things that God is saying to us. He is reminding us that He cares so much for us that He wants to be close to us. And because He wants to be close to us, He came into this world. He has a longing. We have a longing to be in His presence. He created us that way. And because we have a longing to be in His presence, we also have this felt need for His help. That we are going to need His help one way or another. And the good news is that God is with us. He allows us to come into His presence. And He gives us His help. And you see this just over and over again in the Old Testament. God gives His presence and His help. I'm going to share with you several different passages of Scripture where you know, this is the case. Do you remember the story of Jacob when Jacob had deceived his brother? And, you know, his brother's out to get him. And so, you know, his parents sent him off to find a wife in another land. And on the way, he, you know, is afraid, he's alone, 
and God appeared to him. Listen to what God said to Jacob. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Alone, middle of the night, strange place. And God came to Jacob and said, I am with you. He said something similar to Moses. Remember when God was calling Moses and he was there at the burning bush and God was speaking to him and Moses is, you know, naturally asking questions and Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of slavery in the land of Egypt? And, and this is what God said to him. God said, I will be with you. That was the encouragement he had for him. God said to him, you don't go alone to do the test that I'm giving you to do. I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought these people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. I've always found that amazing. God, Moses said, how will I know that I'm the one? And God said, when you get them back here, you'll know. What did that take? That took some faith, didn't it? And it took reliance on God's promise when God said, I will be with you. Moses passed off the scene. Now, before Moses passed off the scene, God came to the children of Israel. And he said to them as they were making their way through the wilderness, he said, I will put my dwelling place among you, and I will not abhor you. I will live among you. In other words, God is saying to all of them, I will be with you. And then with Moses' successor, Joshua, God said the same thing. He said to Joshua, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. You ever have to battle against discouragement? Even some of the strong people of the Bible did. God said, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What a promise. What a promise. Wherever we go, God has promised to be with us. He had made similar promises to David, and he reminded David of that. In 2 Samuel Chapter 7, we read this. Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture and from following the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all of your enemies before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. God said, remember, David? Remember that I have been with you Wherever you have gone. When Saul was chasing you in the wilderness, when you were keeping your sheep in the wilderness, when you became king, I've been with you. God is reminding us that he is always with us. Later in Israel's history, his people had been carried to Babylon, and they were going to get to return. And that was a perilous journey for them, a dangerous journey. So God had to give them some encouragement. And I would like to read some verses to you 
This is from Isaiah 41, verses 10 and 13. I need to sung them a few moments ago. God said, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Don't you love that picture? God says, I take my strong, righteous right hand and I take your hand. And I'm with you. Close enough to hold our hands, to get us through the difficult time. And besides that, he gave them even some more encouragement. He went on and said to them, So do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Think about that. Almighty God, Holy God, Saving God. God is with us. He's our God. He loves us cares about us. He had promised that through Old Testament times, and that really came to fruition in the Lord Jesus. And as it did in the coming of Jesus, we have God with us in a new and in a special way. John put it this way. This is from John chapter 1 when he's talking about the Word, the eternal Christ. He said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory. The glory of the one another who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That eternal Christ. That one, that Word who was from the beginning. That one who spoke into being all that is. That eternal Christ came and made His dwelling among us. He became a human being. He lived with us. And He revealed God to us and showed God's grace, for we need His grace every day, and showed us God's truth, for God is the God of truth. He came to be with us, to live among us. He left heaven's glory. He left the praise of angels. And came to Bethlehem, and came among shepherds. Think of it. Think of it. The Word, the eternal Word, loved us so much, He came to live with us. What a gift. What a gift that is. Think about it. God with us. You want to get in touch with God? You don't need a telephone system. You don't have to call a call center. Aren't you glad? Bet if you did, you'd get, uh, we, you're not the next person in line, but you will be soon. Give us about 30 minutes. Doesn't work that way, does it? God didn't send some kind of powerful angelic being to come and live among us. He came Himself 
and became human. An angelic being doesn't understand what it's like to be human. Jesus does because He's been human and lived among us, the eternal God, fully God and fully man living among us. God didn't make possible some kind of spiritual Skype so that, you know, we could communicate with God. It's probably a good thing about right in the middle of it, we would have a power failure. Wouldn't understand what He was saying. What did He do? He sent His Son. He sent His Son. He sent His Son who was God with us in all of God's fullness. God was pleased to have all of His fullness dwell in Him, in the man Jesus. And so He let Him come and live among us. He didn't just give us a manual. He gave us a manual. There it is. The Word of God, the Bible. And that tells us exactly how God wants us to live. Tells us all we need to know about the Savior. But that's not all He did. He didn't just send Emmanuel. He sent Emmanuel, God with us. So that Him with us gives us understanding into what the manual says. You know, you, you buy a new appliance and you, you read the manual and sometimes you think, what are they talking about? Wouldn't it be nice if the engineer who developed that thing came along with the manual? The creator of this Word and of us comes along with this Word and helps us to understand it. Emmanuel, God with us, with us even now. John recorded what Jesus said about that. John 14, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And then he reminds us what that spirit of truth does. He says, but when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. Jesus comes to be within every believer through the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit helps us to understand this manual so that we can know what he's talking about when we understand that a manual came. God with us. God in all his fullness and God personally, one-on-one -on -one as well. Jesus is always with us. Remember what He told His disciples when He commissioned them to go and make disciples of all the nations? He said, I am with you always. Are you hearing that enough? You understand how many times God is saying to us, I will be with you? Do you believe He's with you? Do you believe He's watching over you? Do you believe He gives you strength? Do you believe He gets you through the difficult times, the hard times? We have God with us in all of His fullness. We have God with us who helps us in the ways in which we need His help. And He helps us in some very important ways. He helps us with our sins. He helps us with our sins. We are sinners and we needed a Savior. And that's what God sent. Back over in Matthew chapter 1 again, remember when the angel was speaking to Joseph and he said to her, said to him, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. 
Jesus means God saves. Jesus came to save us from our sin because we are sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. We miss the mark. We do wicked things. We hurt other people. We are sinners. And there's nothing we can do about it. You realize that? You are a sinner and there is nothing you can do about it. You see, you can't go back and make up for the wrong that you've already done. If you're driving 85, if you're driving 84 to 50 mile hour zone and you get arrested, then you can't say to the arresting officer, I was only driving that for, for a mile. How about for the next mile, I drive 26 miles an hour? I don't think the arresting officer is going to go along with that. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way with our sins. We can't go back and make up. We, we can't make up because, you see, our righteousness isn't righteousness at all. Scripture says that in God's sight, our righteousness is just like filthy rags. Well, it's, it's not righteousness at all. It's, 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 we've got the wrong kind of motives. We've got the wrong kind of ideas. We're sinners. There's nothing we can do about it. We can't pay the price for our sin. Jesus said, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? That's supposed to be 1626. But what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Why can you pay for your soul? Evidently, a soul is worth a great deal of money. Jesus said, if you gain the whole world, it's not losing your, worth you losing your soul over. What have you got to do? What do you do when there's nothing you can do? You look to the one who said, I will be with you. That Lord Jesus, that Emmanuel. You see, what it takes is not our earning our salvation or our paying for our salvation. Our salvation comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Simon Peter knew that. He said, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. There's the key. There's the key. Jesus' blood pays for it. Jesus' blood pays pays for our sin. Jesus' blood covers our sin. Jesus' blood takes our sin away from us. Even Isaiah was allowed to see this. He said, Surely He took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him, and by His wounds we have been healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone into his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God with us to carry our sin, to pay the price for our sin, to sacrifice himself 
for our sin, to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. Jesus helps us with our sin, and Jesus helps us in the midst of our failures. You know, we mess up sometimes, don't we? We fall short sometimes. We need His help. Now, we have high resolves. You know, New Year's coming. Made your New Year's resolutions? Well, we, we, you know, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions. We want to be better. We want to do better. We want to achieve more. And we make our resolutions and we work at them for about a week. <laughs> and then they somehow they seem to go by the wayside. We have high resolves, but we can't seem to get anywhere on our own. There's a little three-year-old was singing that Christmas song that goes, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas. You, you know that song. And so he said that three times. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And then he said, and a Happy New You instead of a Happy New Year. I think the kid had it right. We don't need just a new year. We don't need just a new resolution. What we need is a new self. And God gives us that new self when we accept Jesus as Savior. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. In this new year, resolutions might not get us far. Being changed by the eternal Christ, daily depending on Christ, daily allowing Him to fill us, daily allowing Him to bear fruit through us, that's where the difference is going to come. He makes us a new person when we allow Him into our lives. Then Jesus helps us in the midst of our sorrows. We, we get sorrow, don't we? You know, it may, it may be pain, illness, or injury. It, may be aging and all the difficulties that that can bring. It may be a divorce. It may be fear. It may be guilt. It may be grief. It may be confusion. It may be remorse. We go through this life, there's all kinds of things to bring us sorrow. And Jesus comes to help us in the midst of our sorrows. We're not alone in them. He is with us. There was an elderly man who lost his wife. And he later went to talk with his pastor. And he said, Pastor, I heard in a sermon one time that when we suffer, God suffers with us. He said, that's helped me a lot. When I'm down and, and just feeling bad, it helps to know that God is suffering with me. Again, do you remember what Isaiah said to us about the one who was to come? Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. He was a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Remember that the next time you're suffering. You're not in it alone. That eternal God, that almighty God, that God who came to live among us, 
is saying to you, do not be afraid. I am with you. Life gets rough sometimes. Remember that God is with us. He is with us no matter what we face. He is always there. He was always comforter. He is always guide. He is always strength. He is always Savior. He comes to us in the midst of our longings and in the midst of our needs, and He does so because He loves us. She was 18 and he was 19 when they met. They fell in love. A year later, they got married. Six years later, they had three children. The sink was full of dirty dishes. The floor was dirty. The kids were squabbling. She couldn't take it anymore. And she just left. She had called to check up on the children. He would ask her where she was and tell her that he loved her but she wouldn't come home. So after a time, he hired a private detective and he found out where she was. Second-rate hotel in Des Moines, Iowa. He packed his bags, got the assistance of a neighbor to keep the children, went to Des Moines, found the hotel, went to the room. As he knocked on the door, his hand trembled. She came to the door and opened it. There was a moment of stunned silence. And then she fell apart in his arms. Later at home, all of the children were in bed. He asked her, why wouldn't you tell me where you were when when you called? You know that I loved you. Why wouldn't you come home? And she replied, before your love was just words. Now I know that you love me because you came. Now we know that God loves us because he came. He left heaven. He came to this earth. He came to be with us in our sin. He came to be with us in our failure. He came to be with us in our suffering. He is Emmanuel. God with us. Hallelujah. Do you need Emmanuel in your life? Have you come to the place where you're willing to admit that you are a sinner? That you've done wrong? That you've broken God's laws and commandments? Have you come to the place that you've realized there is nothing you can do about that? Not a thing. You need a Savior. Have you ever thought about what Jesus said? What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? There's a lot of things in this world to entice you to forfeit your soul. There's one Savior. You need to come to Him. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. He will do it. That's why He came. Ask Him to give you eternal life. He will do it. He's the source of life. He will make you His child. And then from now on, each and every day from now to eternity, you will know that that eternal 
righteous, holy, powerful, loving God is saying to you, I am with you. Don't you want that? Don't you feel the need for that? Won't you come and accept that? Maybe today you would come and say, Lord, in this new year, make me the new person you want me to be. Do through me the new work you want to do. Maybe today you need to come and say, Lord, help. You know what I'm facing. You know what I'm struggling with. Please help and come in the assurance that God himself is saying to you, do not be afraid. I will be with you. Our imitation hymn is 201. <laughs>